0: Hello, folks, and welcome to Got You Back, NHL edition. What the heck just happened? Wow, Super (laughs) Tuesday, 11 trades across the National Hockey League, and some absolute doozies as James Duthie is pulling his hair out. Have you seen his Twitter feed? Mm -hmm. Hilarious. Poor James. Made for a fun day, though, and it's going to make for a fun podcast today, getting to Pierre Lebrun and Mike Johnson in just a minute. A reminder, Got Your Back brought to you by Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals. They provide equipment and supplies to all facets of the Canadian construction industry. But what sets them apart, their get done attitude. It's a core value of their company. They have it proudly displayed on the walls at their branches. Every one of their staff members lives by that get-or-done formula to ensure they never let the customer down. They take great pride in that attitude. And we are proud to have Cross Country Canada as title sponsor here on Got Your Back. LeBron and Rashad. And Johnny. Morning, guys. (laughs) What's up? What's going on, boys? What a day. It's funny, (laughs) Shaggy,
1: we're sitting there, and you and I are obviously totally invested in the hockey world. But we're kind of like watching this, reacting to it, and then you got Pierre, who's right in the thick of the mud trying to figure out this. (laughs) And just talk about pulling your hair out. I can't even imagine... And it was fast and furious. It was like one after another after another coming at you, Pierre. I don't know. I'm assuming you uh, slept well or didn't sleep at all one of the other two last night.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I uh, MJ, uh, it's a stressful week. And (laughs) I usually don't let it get to me that much, to be honest. I've been around a long time. But I had this recurring dream last night. I couldn't really get my proper sleep in. And I kept having this dream. That one of my kids was getting traded from one <laughs> minor hockey team to another, <laughs> and that I, I was trying to be first on it and and get get it to TSN and the athletic, uh, try to break you know, your own kids' worlds. Minor hockey trade. My kids' so, hockey and the NHL colliding in, in, into one, uh, which tells you everything about. My so
0: did right did you break the deal, or did somebody uh, yeah. else get it? <laughs> did I, you break I can't
2: it? Even remember now? <laughs> the I think question I
0: is, Shaggy, uh,
1: if he gets the yeah. deal, does he break it? Or does he kel- tell his kid first? Yeah, That's, which do you, know, do you? What are you gonna do? <laughs> which <laughs> what are do you gonna you? do?
0: Wow, what like, what I kept, crazy! I day. kept
2: trying to uh, remind myself yesterday. I'm usually pretty good about this, but I kept trying to remind myself as I'm uh, texting different front offices yesterday. Please use the word "please" in your text. Don't just <laughs> demand. <laughs> Keep your bedside manner please, as you're going yeah. after people. Yeah, the pleasantries
0: disappear real quick when you're chasing something, worried about getting beat. Yeah, like that's probably good advice. So listen, I'm going to set the table here for the podcast. We are going to just talk a ton about all that has happened and happened on Tuesday. Uh, we're also going to look a- ahead to what's left on the trade bait board and what potential deals could happen. So we're taping at 9 o'clock Eastern here on Wednesday morning. We have to put a caveat on the podcast at this time of year because – Man, crap is happening fast, and so we're going to do our best to get a timely podcast out to market, um, but things change, and things happen fast, so we're going to keep that in mind as we tape today's podcast, and by the way, Pierre, you have full permission to be on your phone as much as you need to be on your phone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we know that this is a living, breathing organism, and you're right in the middle of it, so you just, uh, you just let us know, like raise your hand or something, and we'll know you got yeah. to dive into your phone. Sounds good uh okay guys lots to break down so let's get to the breakdown and we are absolutely thrilled to welcome to a a new sponsor here to got your back kuma outdoor gear uh they've got a wide range of gear to fit all your outdoor needs from super high quality camping chairs comfortable and luxurious and by the way did you know that they come heated as well pierre i'm thinking for you Out at the cottage (laughs) in the summer, maybe, for around the fire. Amazing. Uh, Yeah, fantastic. they got tents, sleeping bags, travel games, pet products, drinkware. There's absolutely no reason to be any less comfortable outside than you are in your living room, and Kuma will help make sure of that. It's available across North America. Go to kumaoutdoorgear.com to find a retailer near you and to check out all they have to offer. Kuma Outdoor Gear. Experience luxury outdoors. So I've got the uh, drinkware going already love it it's kind of one of those you guys know that. the value of a good bottle like you just want to keep it and never yes. lose it the Johnny, problem you is, know you're an athlete. you take
1: it to your car and then you kind of leave in your car you're like where's that thing you take it to the gym and you, <laughs> then you end up having like a dozen of them in your house because you yeah. just get them clanking all around yes i know that problem then your kids start taking them they take them to school they leave them at school
0: it's a yeah. whole
2: set of issues Yes, I know. Like, I know the value of a good wine bottle <laughs>
0: <laughs> you do you know what pierre uh so my friday buddy, night So my buddy Matt from Kuma dropped by and uh, dropped off some drinkware and he did drop off one of those really cool like wine ones that has the glass, the the plastic top. So I'll tell you what, Pierre, you can arm wrestle my wife Randine for that one because she (laughs) will get some serious use out of that one, but we are going to send you some stuff. So we'll, we'll let you, you know, arm wrestle her for the nice wine one.
1: It won't go to waste in Pierre's house. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay. Um, deal breaking overnight and into the morning here. So we're going to get to the Oilers and home and the Maple Leafs and Kyle Dubas' uh, week here. But I think we should start with another hey. iconic figure on the move here, Pierre. Jonathan yeah. Quick overnight dealt to the Columbus Blue Jackets after their game. Um, yeah. Maybe just round out what we know about how this went down and what the, the overall deal looks like.
2: Yeah, so we started getting uh, hints about this possibility during the day yesterday. Um, and eventually, Dregs put out a speculative tweet on the, the possibility. And what, and what happened is Columbus, let's go way back. After the Gavrikov deal with Boston fell apart last week, uh, which was very aggravating to the Blue Jackets because they thought they had a deal done with the Bruins, but the Bruins uh, pivoted to Orlov. You know, Columbus had to reset the market. And one of the things they did is they started going to teams and saying, is there any interest if we package Gavrikov with Corpus Allo? Uh both pending UFAs? But, you know, maybe there's some teams out there that needed both a D and a goalie. Um, I can think of a few. And, and, of course, LA was one of them. I mean, uh, you know, Phoenix Copley, you know, has done a terrific job after being called up from the AHL. But let's be honest, this is a playoff team that um, – you know, was supposed to have Cal Peterson as their number one this year. Uh, just has not worked. Jonathan Quick, obviously, at the end of his tenure. Um, so this makes sense for LA in the short term. I think the Kings are going to go out this summer and really try to address the goalie position in a more impactful way. So Columbus made their calls. And, of course, Columbus is trying to get their first. They had a first in the Boston deal. And I was dubious whether the first was still there this late in the game. If, if for no other reason, so many firsts have been traded <laughs> already by contenders. Mm-hmm. So pretty good job. I mean, it's going to be Gabrikoff and Corpusalo to L.A. Uh, well, by the time people watch this, it's already been announced. But And then Quick, a first and a third. The first is conditional. But – so pretty good job by yarmo Kalan and from Columbus to still get his first out of this deal, but by being creative and finding a team that needed both uh, goalie help and help on the left side, of course, with uh, Gavrikov.
1: Interesting to me, Shaggy, a couple things stand out. One, I didn't think Quick could be involved in a deal. Like he just didn't, yeah, me you know, neither. You're, you're, and neither did he, I don't think, right? Like, and like yeah. his reaction, he's an emotional guy and like he didn't want to leave and who knows where his career goes from here. He'd probably like to play next year. But he didn't want his King's tenure to end this way. What what that does to the King's room, taking him out of there, that's going to be something to deal with on the fallout. I'm curious, does he show up to Columbus? Like, I, I know, you know, he doesn't have to. He can forego six weeks of salary if he doesn't want to. Right. Uh, you don't have to go play if you don't want to. Now, Columbus probably and, doesn't even care because well, they want I'll the guess,
2: picks. Right. And I'll do respect to Quick, who's two-time Stanley Cup champion, mm-hmm. but the Blue Jackets, obviously, it's all about Connor Bedard right now. So
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, but I just, but it's, we don't see that often. So I'm curious to see how that shakes out. And the other part of it is Corpus Allo is having a good year mm-hmm. after two down years, had a hip procedure, feels like he's healthier, feels like he's on top of his game. He's walking mm-hmm. to a pressure cooker. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't played a meaningful game for a couple of years with Columbus. And so we'll see, you know, how he does with, uh, with LA under that kind of pressure. Replacing an icon
2: like Quick, which probably just makes it that much more. He, he was great, if you remember, MJ, I'm sure you do, but he was great against Toronto. He didn't play every game. In the bubble. He, yeah, in the bubble, yeah. he, in that in that pre-playoff series, whatever you consider it. The play-in. That, that's the five, the play-in. Um, he had some pretty good games in that leap series, yeah. Pierre,
1: so, quickly, I'm curious, because Gavrikov seemed to be pretty particular about where he was going to go, because he was going wanted might not have wanted Edmonton, because he wanted to go mm-hmm. somewhere specific or wants to explore the market specifically. Does that mean he wanted to maybe extend in L.A. or just he's just part of the deal and
2: LA's risking it? I had the exact same thought this morning. I reached out to, to someone close to Gavrikov, was told there is no extension as part of this trade. But we'll see. But is you know, he willing he to consider out. L.A.? Yeah, I, I, I think it wouldn't surprise me if he if he was by the time he experienced it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I mean, not a lot of players end up in El Segundo, California on the off day and say, this is terrible. So. Uh, but the original plan for them was to go to market and they had told a lot of teams that.
0: Yeah, certainly the working knowledge, um, you know, for the Oilers looking into him was that there was zero chance he was going to be signing at Edmonton and that it was mm-hmm. going to be a pure mm-hmm. rental. And I think that was the difficulty for a lot of teams with Gavrikov is the idea of spending a first round draft pick on a guy that, you know, is absolutely a pure rental. Ken Holland said he was willing to do it yesterday. Uh, and I asked him that question specifically you know, with Gavrikov in mind. But at the end of the day, uh, the L.A. Kings bring him in. And as you say, uh, a walk through the Edmonton River Valley in May, a little different than a walk on the beach in L.A. So the chances of them retaining him, uh, I'd say, a little better in Los Angeles. Listen, River Valley's quite nice in August. Anyways,
1: I was there for a month in August, and it was beautiful. I love so, it
0: here, man. No yeah. complaints from me. No. Uh, no complaints from me. And they got a great tennis here, Johnny, too, by the way. Pierre, how about this? While you were sweating it out yesterday, trying to break trades and stuff. Johnny was on the tennis court.
1: <laughs> yeah. As he should be. Listen, As he
2: should be.
0: The worst
1: part is, like, that's maybe the only, like, couple hours in my day when I'm, like, I'm unavailable. Yeah. Like, my phones are off. My, my watch is off. Like, I'm just, you know, I don't have any idea what's going on. Like, if, I, even if I'm on the gym, off. you know, everything, I could still be getting hold of. So, I came off, walked off the court. I'm like, whoa.
0: What the heck just happened? 39 okay. emails. What is happening yeah. right now? Yeah. So, we're going to talk to Trump May, please. My, my,
2: phone, uh, my phone will be off Friday night just, yeah. you know.
0: <laughs> So, you know, uh, we're going to talk to Toronto Maple Leafs. We're going to talk to the Edmonton Oilers. By the way, those two teams are playing here in Edmonton tonight. So that's going to be interesting. And uh, the principals involved in all these trades, I think, expected to be ready to go. Uh, word is that Ekholm uh, is on his way to Edmonton today and expected to play here tonight. So let's Hang start, Hang on, guys. Truggy, real quick. Real quick. Yeah. They process his visa that quick? Yeah, it's amazing. You can just get that done. I thought it no. takes like two or three. No, okay. it can actually be done fairly I, cause, quickly. Cause it it usually it takes like. two or three days. <laughs> well, I listen, I'm just going with what I'm being told. Okay. Uh, they get their big shutdown defenseman in the lineup tonight. Right. So sequence of events yesterday for the Edmonton Oilers uh, early in the day, uh, word breaks that yes, a Pool at long last. Cause this trade has been talked about for years in this city gets moved to Carolina. I thought a good trade from Ken Holland, not having to give up any draft picks to get somebody to take Pooley full salary, Um, But they did that deal poised for another deal. Weren't sure at the time which one it was going to be, but we knew they were hunting for defensemen. After that deal, you guys, we go into the Oiler locker room and we talk to Connor McDavid about Pugliarvi being traded. Here's Connor McDavid after the Pugliarvi trade before the Ekholm trade. No, you're always thinking about your team
2: um, and, and kind of how you stack up. So um, definitely not, uh, definitely not a fan of uh, of teams absolutely loading up so far. But um, you know, obviously uh, uh, that's going to happen this time of year. And and um, yeah,
0: and yeah, I'll fill in the rest of that yeah for him. We need to do the same. Mm-hmm. And so a few hours later, I'm not saying this is why the trade was made, but listen, they they sit there and watch everybody loading up. Um and the Mostly Edmonton. The East, winners, though, to be fair. Yeah, I know, but still yeah. they yeah. go out and they grab Matias Eckholm. Um yeah. Johnny, your thoughts on a deal that sees Tyson Berry, the first round pick, a prospect like Reed Schaefer heading out the door, and uh, a guy like Matias Eckholm coming in.
1: Well, I mean, I think it's pivotal that's not a rental, right? He's got term left on his contract. So while McDavid and Drysaddle's contracts are expiring, Ekholm will be there as part of that group moving forward. I think that was that was so important. Ekholm's a good player. You know, he's 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 played in big situations. Uh, maybe not quite as fleet footed as he once was, but still a decent skater. Moves the puck well. Will. Support Darnell Nurse if he's going to play on the left side. He can play both sides, but if he wants to play on the left side, it'll take some of the burden off of Darnell Nurse, which probably makes Nurse better. So now you're getting the you know, multiple guys getting stacked down the lineup. So you you like what Ekholm brings. There's an you 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 want him on your team. The question is at what cost? Okay, the first round pick is the first round pick. In Edmonton's case, it's going to be in the twenties or whatever it is. Reed Schaefer. You know, I saw him in the World Juniors. He's a straight up and down physical kind of guy. Turns maybe he's an energy kind of guy in the NHL. Don't know if he becomes a scorer. Tyson Berry's a curious one to me when we're talking about this year mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we know that the Edmonton power play is historically excellent. He's a big part of it. He's also a big part of that room and the leadership and the camaraderie and a connector amongst many players in that room. And so taking him out while I think. On the ice, we'll might the power play might be hard to fix or replace. Maybe in the room might be even harder. So big price to pay uh, for Edmonton. But I understand why they do it. And I think on the ice, provided that everything off the ice shakes out fine, they're better for it.
2: Yeah, I, I, I love the trade, certainly, for this playoff run. And I've always been an Ekholm fan. But he does turn 33 in May. And mm-hmm. the interesting thing is when we started reporting a couple of weeks ago that Nashville was ready to start listening on Ekholm finally when they you know, put up the white flag on their season. I got such a mixed response from NHL front offices, there was certainly a solid group of teams saying, this guy is still a defensive stud, plug him into your top four and enjoy the playoff run. Uh, And and in fact, some of them said it's great that he signed for a couple more years, you got some security, it's not a rental. But then I had a pretty healthy dose of other front offices who were like, turns 33 in May. That's a big number passed this year on that contract i don't know so it, it, it's fascinating to me it feels like it's right at the crossroads of mm-hmm. where he is and where he can still be and listen some guys age more gracefully than others and maybe he's that guy right but I, I just wanted to share that um that it's certainly not unanimous i happen to fall on the side of i would have been all over this deal because you know what you're getting with this guy, he was so dynamic in the Preds Cup run. But again, that Preds Cup run was in 2017, Right. yeah. Uh, when they got to the Cup final.
1: Well, and it begs the question. I mean, and I don't. You never know. Pierre might know. But like, what were the other alternatives? Well, you know, Chickren, we can talk about Ekko, up, but was, right. was Chickrin yeah. an option? And would Chickrin oh, yeah. have been a better option? And that—that's the conversation. Well, the question you're have about to
0: that, that too, Johnny, is was Chickrin an option without having to move Tyson Berry? I believe there was a pathway to bring. A guy like Chikrin in, without having to subtract Barry, but at Combs' mm-hmm. number being what it is, Barry had to be the guy that that they moved. So uh, I don't I know if we'll ever no, know the answer to that, Pierre. But well,
2: I think I know part of the answer, which is that I don't think Arizona wanted to take money back, or 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 hardly any money back in a in a Chikrin deal, which which was a problem, and which may have had to involve Edmonton having to bring in a third team if they did the Chikrin deal. Um, the other thing I would say is that what's interesting of Tyson Berry finally getting traded is that, um, last summer, I don't know, I I think I've mentioned this before to you, Ryan, but let's talk about it. Last summer, the Oilers looked at John Klingberg pretty hard. And the way they looked at it, as far as I understand it is, um, there was this idea that the Montreal Canadiens would sign Klingberg and then flip him to Edmonton and retain 50% of the salary in return for some assets. Hmm. But part of that transaction would have been Tyson Berry and then go to Montreal. Um, hmm. And so it, it, it didn't end up happening, but I can tell you that the Oilers and Habs certainly chatted about it. Um, and, and in the meantime, John Klingberg uh, still hasn't been traded by the way, hmm. um, but he's available at quarterback at play. I'll just say that.
0: So, the intangibles, and Johnny, you, you spelled it out nicely there, of Tyson Berry not being an Oiler anymore. Without question, they're a better defensive team today than they were yesterday. No I think home, absolutely does that. And Ken Holland's most important job was to give this team a better opportunity to defend when it matters the most. So from that standpoint, job accomplished. And mm-hmm. that was bold, and it was big, and he got the job done. But I think we do need to dive into the nuance here. This Euler power play is such a finely tuned weapon. It is an all-time. And I'm here to tell you, for people that will say, well, you know, that's Dreisaitl, that's Nugent Hopkins, that's McDavid. Yep, those guys are critical to that power play. Tyson Berry is crucial. He is sure-handed. He's deceptive. He walks the blue line in a way that a lot of defensemen can't. Uh, they are like this organism that is. They've been together well, so that's long it, doing right? this.
1: He understands how they want to move exactly and where to get them the puck to be successful. He, exactly. he like intuitively he gets that.
0: And so you pull him out. Evan Bouchard is the guy that likely gets dropped onto that power play. Good young offensive defenseman. Very different than Tyson Berry. Not as mobile. Doesn't walk the line in the same way. Not as sure-handed. And he's got a great shot, but he is not Tyson Berry. So, Johnny, if at the end of the day the Oilers defend Mm -hmm. better, Mm -hmm. but that power play takes a hit, is that okay? No,
1: (laughs) it's not. Like, I think the Edmonton Oilers need that power play to be excellent. The Edmonton Oilers are not a great 5-on-5 team. Like, they don't dominate scoring goals over the other opposition 5-on-5. So, you know, their power play is incredible. And that provides a big chunk of what wins them games. Maybe they're thinking fewer power plays in the postseason, harder to be great at it in the postseason when there's more time to scout and you know, time supports defense more than it supports offense. But that's that's going to be interesting. I the Evan Bouchard and Tyson Barry are similar skill sets, but I think Barry's just a bit more polished at it at
0: he's this point. He's done it for longer, yeah. And
1: he's also more comfortable with that group. So um yeah, but I think, you know, deals are never easy, right? Like, you know, trying yeah. to make it all work, you, you're you going to have to lose something. You can't just keep adding and never taking something away. So they're saying, listen, we have Nuge, Connor, and Leon, and Zach, or whoever plays in front of the net, and, like, we have a right shot defenseman, so those guys should be good enough to help us be good enough or excellent in the power play still with Bouchard or
2: Barry. Yeah, the Oilers are confident Bouchard can take over now uh, in that spot. Um, and that's why they felt comfortable making this deal. That's my understanding. I, I will say this, uh, you know, Ryan, you watch them every night. Uh, MJ, we call the quarterback of the power play the D on each unit in the NHL, but isn't the true quarterback of that power play the best player in the world? I'm just saying, like, yeah, it, I'm I, not saying they won't miss Tyson Berry. I'm just saying, though, it really runs more towards him than it does the, the defenseman in that power play, right?
0: What I would say is that the two players who are underrated on that power play because they get touches on every Nuge. single zone setup, or Ryan Nuge. Nugent-Hopkins and Tyson Berry. Tyson is okay. the one that starts the play back in his yep. own end. He's got he's the one that's got to make the call and make the perfect drop pass to McDavid or to he's got a, a critical decision to make when the breakout starts. He makes critical decisions at the blue line and every time they set up it flows through Ryan Nugent-Hopkins and Tyson Berry. Every time Very seldom do they walk into the zone and it's McDavid and dry and in. They get lots of touches. So Evan Bouchard's good. He's a good young defenseman. He hasn't had much confidence this year and he struggled this year, but he can run a power play. That's why they drafted this guy. Well, it's time to find out, right? Well, what I would tell you though, Pierre, is they would have been very happy for Evan Bouchard to have taken a big chunk of this power play this year and they Mm -hmm. tried early in the year and Barry was far and away better in that spot and Barry has basically taken over that spot. Now the numbers... And people pointed this out to me on Twitter. Would show there's not a huge drop off between Barry and Bouchard when they're on the when either or is on the power play, but I'm telling you the eye test. Tyson Barry is a more mobile, blue line walking, decision making, sure handed guy in the moment. So we'll see how it manifests itself. And, and for what it's worth, obviously a popular guy in that room, right? Tyson Barry was hugely and tight with Friends the captain, with David. Yeah. so tight with the captain. I don't know, Johnny, like. And Matthias Ekholm is a heart and soul guy, community yeah. locker room. He's that guy. Love it in Nashville, but he's new.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not criticizing Ekholm by not saying they're going to miss Tyson Berry. No one's saying they're not going to dislike Matthias Ekholm. They'll get to know him and love him too. But it's it it, it will take a few days. But listen, I, I this is the nature of the sports. Like Connor McDavid might be upset that his buddy's gone. Leon Drysdale might be upset that his buddy's gone whoever might be upset that Tyson bears gone and that's understandable. That's human and real, but it's amazing. Like you go to a rink the next day, he's gone. Like, you know, you, yeah. you, and you move on and, and they can, they'll hang out in the summers and they'll get together and, and cross paths along the way, but you will get over it, but it might take, you know, a few days, but I think, um, you know, you'll get over it and you have a good player coming in. So you're like, you get what's happening. Uh, and then once you start playing start winning games, get towards the playoffs, you just move past it.
0: Matthias him on a Zoom call last night. Oiler fans will like hearing that. I can promise you I'll, I'll do
1: my best and do my all for the team to win. I'm a team first guy, and that and, really
2: is the only thing that matters to me.
0: And on that Zoom call, guys, he expressed a lot of excitement about coming to be part of the Edmonton Oilers. And I'm telling you, in this market, that stuff matters uh, yep, when you have yep. players that want to be here. Pierre, do we have a sense that the Oilers maybe not done there? you they have a little bit of breathing room if they get creative? Uh, ah, yeah. mentioned Bertuzzi last night. Uh, Bukestad's yeah, name w- has w- been that, there that for would be a while. The bigger
2: prize, uh, <laughs> you know. I wonder about Bukestad being a possibility. We'll see. I think they're poking around at, at a forward. They don't have to do it. I don't think they feel as a front office, it's a must. But I think that's where they're poking around is whether or not they can add someone up front.
0: All right, let's uh, let's move on to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Boy, <laughs> Kyle Dubas, you know, under all kinds of pressure. Uh, Everybody knows the contract situation. Everybody knows the expectations. And over a period of days, he completely, I don't want to overstate it here, Johnny, but (laughs) changes the personality of his team as they hurdle towards the playoffs here. How would you, Johnny, describe uh, the changes that Dubas has made? How would you capture it?
1: So I'll just say this. I I think he's under pressure because everybody's under pressure. I don't think Kyle Dubas is doing this for his job. I think Kyle Dubas has done an incredible job for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I think he's trying to give his team... Whether he's there next year or not, the best chance to win this year. But I think that's the best way to put it. He hasn't changed his team because the most important players are still here. And those are the players that are going to dictate how they play, the personality of the room, whether they're even successful. But he's changed the, the, the peripheral vibe, the jam, the, the tenor of the way that they will play by changing all these different players. And I think it's an acknowledgement that saying, like, I believe in the guys we have, the core players, but I also accept that we need some more different kind of support players around them to Mm -hmm. win in the playoffs. Now, they've been incredibly close. We know this. all these Game 7s and Game 5s that they can't get through. But just by bringing in a little bit different vibe to those kind of players, and there's a pretty common theme, right? Like, you know, between Shen and Achari and O'Reilly and Lafferty and McCabe, not necessarily Gustafson, but they're all kind of physical, competitive, checking, yeah. feisty, competitive, slightly defensive mindset kind of players. And then you you, you meld that with the the high end guys that they have that are all having great years, except for maybe Austin Matthews, who's not having as good of a year. And I think he's saying, "I believe in the group so much. I'm gonna. It's like I'm now giving you something different, and also." I'm saying the path we took the previous five years probably wasn't the exact right one because I'm going, I'm deviating from that look in a major way to try to do this. So, um, and I mean, there's all in and there's all in and he's like, He's all in. There's not a lot of draft picks flying around left over. There's going to be not a lot of players to be played next year. How about getting a first
0: back, though? They did get a first first back, back,
1: which I'm like, as soon as they got the first back, I'm like, they're clearly trading it somewhere else.
0: Trading that out the door. They're going to
1: give that somewhere else to get another player, Pierre. But I think it's just acknowledgement that changed the personality, but not
2: really of the soul of the team, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that was well said, MJ. That's exactly it. They, I'm not minimizing a lot of the players they've gotten here, but they've, they've moved a lot of the deck, the deck chairs around the core. But important deck chairs, like guys that can make a difference in a playoff series. And I remember thinking last year when Tampa won in Toronto in Game 7, another first-round loss for the Leafs. Nick Paul, the hero for Tampa, a trade deadline pickup, who's a support player. And I'm not saying that's the kind of thing that can influence the Leafs, but it's like Tampa every year goes out and gets those guys, right? And they've done it again this year with Tanner Juneau. Like The Leafs have done some of that here. Now, I know checking with someone from the Leafs last night, it wasn't really the plan a month ago to make this, this many changes. Certainly, they wanted to have a major forward add, and they got that in Ryan O'Reilly, and they wanted to, to strengthen the defense after the loss of Muzzin. And McCabe was always a target. But but one of the things that happened is you let the deadline come to you. And as the lease were poking around and all these different things, because, you know, you got a list and you're interested in a lot of different guys. they realized that a lot of the guys they are interested in were still available even after some of these moves. And so they they stuck with it. And they said, you know what? Let's keep going here. That These are prices we can live with and these players will help us. So, yeah, we'll take Luke Shen, even though we already traded for, for McCabe and, and, and so on. Uh, you know, I think the Sandine trade is interesting because I think they realized he was going to be lost in the shuffle this year. And yeah. I think you're trying to, mac- yeah, this year in a way. And you want to maximize value there before maybe other teams view him differently. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty smart, I thought. I thought
0: it was shrewd. Um,
2: yeah. Well, yeah. they basically got the same yeah. player. Yeah. But an older guy who's
1: going to expire in Gustafson, who's having a better year than Sandine, because I oh, think both depending. those guys are like the seventh defenseman mm-hmm. in a playoff series. Like they may play. Yeah. They may not, depending on the situation. I'm curious though, maybe Ryan, you as well. Like Luke Shan, who has really had a great career arc from Toronto and future captain to maybe too slow to now trusted veteran and, and, and valued player. I don't know if he plays all the time in Toronto. Like, I don't know if he's, he's got a lot of bodies. into the top six. Like, is he going to, like, it's him or Justin Hall? One of those yeah, two guys he's gonna play, to have, I think. Eh? So play, a So it's a great problem to have. And that's assuming everyone's healthy, which is a yeah. huge assumption. But I mean, I, I don't know, like, I don't want to diminish his 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 arrival in Toronto but I don't know if like I don't even know if he's going to play every game. I, yeah, don't, Pierre, I don't know
0: Pierre Pierre we go to the Stanley Cup final most years and how many times a Stanley Cup championship team you look at the 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 forward and the defenseman who aren't in the lineup the guys if they're healthy Like, good players Mm -hmm. sometimes can't crack the roster. That's the way it's supposed to look. I remember the St. Louis Blues the year we covered them heading to the Stanley Cup final. It was like Robert Thomas just scrambling to get into the lineup, right? Tyler Sagan back with Boston Mm -hmm. back in the day. The Oilers now on the blue line. Philip Broberg, good young player, might not be in the lineup every night. Like, that's the way it's supposed to be on championship teams, Pierre.
2: And again, and what it tells you about the Leafs is that yeah, they haven't won a first-round playoff series in 19 years, 2004. I just, you know, again, <laughs> yeah. the weight on this franchise. But the point is they're not, they not trying to win one. Wins. They, had, Yeah, they, they, they want to go deep. It's not yeah. just about winning. Yeah. It's about if you do go deep, most teams end up using nine to 11 defensemen during a four-month grind because it is a grind and there's injuries and so on. So this is planning for a team that, again, in this regular season has proven to be elite. All the numbers suggest it and so you're not just planning to beat tampa which is the first step of course but but you believe in your team and you're saying here are all the tools so that we can go deep and and that's why i think kyle doves done a good job now at the end of the day (laughs) if they lose again in the first round we know how it's going to be yeah but
1: you know how it's going to be fill the players like maybe maybe the players aren't as good as tampa like if they lose again It's on the players. You can't say, oh, GM didn't give us a chance. Yeah, this
0: is what I wanted to ask you guys, Johnny. I'll pause you there. I want to pose this question. With the deadline week that he has had, with the additions that he he has made, with this strategy that he employed and the deals, as we look at all of them right now, has Dubas moved the bar for his potential of being re-signed? So before the deadline, I think we all would agree... If he didn't win at least two playoff rounds this year, it was probably over. Some might even say it needed to be more, that that there wasn't going to be an extension. If the Toronto Maple Leafs lose in a six or seven game series in the second round of the playoffs against a hell of a good team, has Dubas moved the bar here because of this performance, what he has managed to do here? Johnny, has it changed?
1: So first off, let me just say, he shouldn't have to move any bar. He should have an extension. He's an awesome, like he's a very good GM. I like think he's very good. He puts together good teams. Like, say what you want. Their team is is fantastic. Just have one in the playoffs. Now, he may not get a new contract unless they win. I don't think so. I mean, or maybe he buys himself one fewer round, right? If they win the first run and lose to Boston on a hundred and forty point team. That's what I'm saying. You're like, oh, okay, well, like he did, you know, we can bring him back. I don't know. I think he should come back anyways. I think it's a. I I
2: almost don't want to answer it because I don't think it's a fair question because you should get that extension regardless. I, I will tell you that. You know, when the news came out in September that he was entering the final year and that the MLSC refused to extend him, I had other guys from other front offices saying, what are they doing? Yeah. Who's going to be better? Who's going to step in here and do a better job? But I also, if I put on my business hat and know that it's been 19 years and so much of that predates Kyle Lubis, of course, but 19 years since the most profitable team in hockey has been able to recoup finances out of the first round. Yeah. Again, I'm not saying that's a reason to not extend Kyle Dubas. I think he's a really smart GM. I'm mm-hmm. just saying there's business and, and there's hockey.
0: This yeah. is going to be fascinating. O'Reilly, Achari, Lafferty, McCabe, Shen, Gustafson, and the first bunch of stuff, bunch <laughs> of picks going out the other direction, but dramatic change from Kyle Dubas. And, and I don't Dubas. think they're done.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're done. Now, it may just be <laughs> There that- you go. It may just be that they have to, you know, move a body out. They don't have to, by the way. They're 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 cap compliant even with Matt Murray when he gets activated. But, mm-hmm. but I still think, like like I said, Kyle Dubis didn't go into this to do all this. But now that he's done it, if something else, falls why stop to now? Him, like you've I come this far. Really if if, yeah. if Nick Bukestad's a guy you like
1: and you can grab him to play on your third line, you're like, yeah, okay. Like yeah. we don't want to trade any more picks, and we're not going to be a first rounder for him. But yeah, you get a second rounder. Like th- like yeah. You're pot committed, to put it in poker terms, Shaggy. Like, you know, it makes no difference. You're all in. Yeah. So Push the last
0: couple chips in to go. Go, go, go. Big picture thought. Draft picks. <laughs> Just being fired out the door like crazy. You get a draft pick and you get a draft pick and you... Like, it feels like the narrative on the value of draft picks has completely changed, no surprise, Ooh. the Tampa Bay Lightning absolutely leading that charge. Johnny, what's happening in the big picture with the value of draft picks as this arms race just pushes on and draft picks are the capital?
1: I, I think you said it's as an absolute change in philosophy around the NHL about the value of, of draft picks. And I think if you heard Julian Breezeball read his statement from a couple of days ago talking about they assign value to each one of those picks and they know what they think they know what they're worth. And they're also, you know, they're worth to support to help their team now in the next two, three, four years is almost negligible. Yeah, so yeah. I think teams now feel if their window is here, draft picks aren't gonna help them. They can find other serviceable players around the NHL for a million bucks and round out their roster that way as opposed to drafting young kids. I think there's also not go down the numbers here, tunnel here, but I think the way that people can. Assign value to the likelihood of a successful player or a star player or a good player coming out of a 20th pick or a 25th pick versus a 10th pick is way more accurate than people saying a first-rounder is really important. Well, not so much if he's 25th overall. Like It's a bit of a Mm -hmm. crapshoot if he's in the top 10. It's different. That's why not many top 10 picks get traded, but a whole bunch of later rounders. I think you have more non-traditional GM and front office members who weren't just maybe former players who bring a different approach to it. It is. it is fascinating it is progressive it is smart it's more entertaining and it's a change that is maybe overdue but it's absolutely happening right in front of our eyes
2: yeah and and you mentioned breezeball i mean i mean absolutely the tampa bay believes that none of the draft picks that they traded away to nashville could crack their lineup in the next four years essentially that's mm-hmm. that's a set uh, out now um if this core in tampa ages quicker uh, Than they thought in terms of their effectiveness. Then you know this absolutely could be a disaster in three or four years. But <laughs> you're turning right now, to Al ready- Murray and
0: you're saying, Al, make some lemonade, well, buddy. Find us some well, gold.
2: Right. Well, and 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 the bottom line is that Jeff Finnick, the owner, has signed off on this vision, which is yeah. let's double down on our window right now, and that's mm-hmm. important. Managing up when you're a GM. Um, the other thing is, and in this case, Tampa traded a 25 first rounder, so that that's far out. But in terms of the 23 first rounders that have been traded over the last couple of weeks, NHL front offices have looked at this draft and obviously we know how exciting it is at the top. But what I've heard from front offices, and I'm not a draft guru like a lot of our colleagues are, that after 10 or 12, it starts to be a little wide open. And so I think there's a lot of people have perceived to be less value in the bottom half of that first round. And I think that's why maybe less reticence to move those picks.
1: And one other thing, as this philosophy starts to permeate the league, I trade you a first-round pick. I'm I'm Toronto. I trade one to St. Louis. I also know I can get one back. You know what I mean? Like like mm-hmm. if multiple teams are willing to make moves, like two years down the road, if it's not working out, you can get first-round picks back by trading your good players at that point. So the fact that wow. everyone's opening up their eyes to this kind of also helps facilitate more to, transactions.
2: To your point, what if what if Tampa decides in three or four years that, that you know, the party's over and they've taken their wax at it and mm-hmm. maybe they want another cup along the way, but there's still some good hockey left in Kucherov or whoever, and they recoup some assets then if they move them. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to look at this and, mm-hmm. you know, St. Louis now has three first round picks. Like, you know, they tried, they made an offer for Timo Meyer, <laughs> Tried to flip him for Meyer, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, Washington's already turned around one of their first, um. I think Columbus is going to take a run at Jacob Chikrin in the next 24 hours Mm
0: -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. now that
2: they've recouped uh, another first round pick. So, you know, that's to MJ's point.
0: Just because you're moving your first doesn't mean you're packing it in for a few years. There's a different way to retool with it all. All right, guys. Great segment. That was the breakdown brought to you by our good friends at Kuma Outdoor Gear. Welcome to the podcast, Kuma Outdoor Gear. Uh, okay, now for the segment that might be compute, completely useless in an hour because we're going to try and <laughs> prognosticate a little bit, but I can't imagine we'll have another day like it's, we had it's, yesterday. It's 9.40 so. a.m.
2: Eastern right now.
0: 9.40 a.m. Eastern yeah. time. Yeah. Pierre wants to square that away. Uh, listen, if anything dramatic happens, we'll just strike the segment. But <laughs> listen, we're, we're playing some games and having some fun, so if we're proven wrong on this one, then no big deal. We're going to call this – I'm making up a name on the fly. Bait and hook? No. Uh match game. Let's go match game. Match game brought to you by Liberty Smart Security <laughs> what an actor. Company. I know, a company that specializes in having your back. <laughs> High-quality advanced smart security systems for your home or your business. Liberty Smart Security uses leading-edge technology to protect the things that you value most in life. Your home is your castle. Protect it with Liberty Smart Security. Visit libertysecurity.ca. Left my garage door open the other day. My heated garage was leaving for multiple hours and my geo system because of Liberty smart securities technology sent me a note saying your garage door has been open for the last four minutes, turned around was able to close it and save myself a bunch of money. Love the Liberty smart security systems, save your money, keep you safe. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we can't afford any music to be dropped in, in post-production. So match game music, it's like, Something like, oh,
1: nice. that. like that. That's better than your acting. <laughs> your beatboxing is far uh, superior to your acting.
0: Who is left on the trade bait board as of 943 Eastern time on Wednesday morning? And where might they go? Starting with you, Pierre, you just gave your answer. So I'm going to Johnny on this one because I know yours. Uh, right at the top of the list, Mike Johnson, destination for Jacob Chikrin. Jacob Chikrin will go back to Arizona.
1: <laughs> that's possible he's
0: not getting traded eh? he's not gonna get traded it's gonna yeah
1: it's gonna be a (laughs) terrible first date and he did not like the courtship process and he's gonna slink back to the dress room a month later after like working out i don't know it feels like the percentage bet at this point
0: i love that answer that's a great answer pierre
2: yeah i am curious uh, how hard columbus uh charges on it um i'm curious if a team like ottawa now that's got its market excited ottawa was out of chicken last week do they go back and see if the price has softened from arizona um you know there's some interesting possibilities out there buffalo has kept tabs on it as i wrote earlier this week uh you know kevin adams won't pay the, that price but what if it changes uh so there's some interesting possibilities Bill Armstrong, I think, has told teams my price is not changing and I'm ready to keep him, to MJ's mm. point. So huh. the game the game of poker is on here in the next uh, 48 to 72 hours. But, you know, um, the other problem in all of this, and I don't know if this ended up being an issue at the end with Arizona and Edmonton as they got deep in that trade conversation, but I don't think the Coyotes want to take a lot of money back in this. There's a lot of financial pressure, obviously. They are playing yeah. the 5,000 C rink. Looking really for really the
0: clean deal—is that part of yeah. what held up the LA deal? They were looking for the clean deal.
2: No, uh, with part. My understanding is LA when they made an offer said, "This is our offer," and it did not have two firsts in it, as far as I know. Mm. So uh, you know, again, the game of poker—who's going to blink first? And uh, you know, I don't—I just don't think. Well, clearly, a team has not been ready to pay two firsts yet, but we'll see if that changes here. Interesting.
0: You know, I am looking. I actually do have some music on my board here. I don't know if that really fits match game. I like amazing. I like
1: your version better.
0: <laughs> I like
1: your V-box better. All right, we'll kill okay,
0: We'll get rid of yeah. that. Okay, next up, James Van Reamsdyk. Pierre.
2: Go to Vegas.
0: For James. Yeah. Well, Just wait your you turn, go. Johnny. When I know the answer, turn. I get no, it out no, early. No, Hang on. I got something for that. No. Yeah, you get the whistle. That's a penalty <laughs> for you, Johnny. <laughs> the all Vegas, technology is, the, here, Vegas so. is the
2: first team I mentioned on Insider Trading yesterday. We talked JVR. But, you know, I, I think... You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Calgary and Winnipeg, which has kicked tires, also circle back. Tough thing for me with the Flames is if you're bad Tree Living, how much are you spending in assets right now when you look at those standings? Yeah. yeah. Now, it goes two ways. I mean, it could be that if you, you know, grab a player, it helps you get in, but I don't know.
0: Yeah. I like Vegas. Johnny, where do you think he's going? I
1: like Vegas. They, 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 they got that money from Stone. They spent some of it yeah. on Barbashev. Yeah, keep going. I'm going to keep plow. I plow right through. <laughs> don't you worry. And they have the more money on the Stone Head contract. To get a you know, JVR. Philly's willing to eat yeah. some of that con- like you know, half of it, whatever. Oh, can they'll eat half, sure. So yeah. they'll eat half, and it won't take a first rounder to get them. I don't, you know, it's, like, it's not that value there. So I, I think Vegas makes a lot of sense because they still
2: need help scoring goals.
1: If so I think the asking
2: this- price, the asking price from the Flyers right now. Uh, they were. I think they they have told teams that they looked at the Cal, Cal, Cali Yarncroc, uh rental deal from last year, mm-hmm. where he went for a second and a third. Now, sure. do they get that for JBR? But yeah, I think that's will. where the conversation yeah. has started with some teams. Yeah.
1: I'll give you a third and a fourth. Talk to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay.
0: Jump ball answer here for you guys. Either oh, of I'm you in. take this because I'm getting away from the game here for a second. How much attention does it? You know, talk about this arms race going on out in the East, which is a ridiculous number of teams seem to be in on it. How much of what gets done by one team is as a result of what they saw another team do? How much is reactionary, Pierre? When you see people you know you might be slamming up against in the playoffs, does it give you that to go ahead and pull the trigger? I, I've I've asked every GM in the East
2: that question, I think. Almost and? all, and they all deny that they're reacting. Of course, to they it. do. I mean, Julian Brizba on the record has, as before all this happened, said he would never do that. Kyle Dubis the other day said he wasn't reacting to, you know. Uh, I asked Don Waddell, who outside of Pooley arby which by the way uh, I, I think is a is a terrific gavel by Carolina. Watch wow. him
1: light it up in, yeah. in North Carolina, Why just despite everyone at Edmonton.
0: It's gonna be fantastic. <laughs> I, I wish Waddell. that kid nothing but the best. Yeah. He's a real nice yeah. kid.
2: But Don Waddell, the piece I wrote with him, uh, I wrote yesterday in the Athletic, uh, uh, in interview with him said he, he has, you know, he's not getting influenced by everyone around him going crazy. They have a plan, and believe me, the Hurricanes aren't done. They got cap room, and they've got a few few things up their sleeve here. But they're not just going to do it because of. They're going to do mm. it because they have the cap room, and they want to win a Stanley Cup.
0: What do you think, Johnny? Would you be swayed if you were a GM? Could you, you help know, yourself?
2: they're not that you're not making a trade because because
1: the team made a trade but it's not lost on them what's happening mm-hmm. it's not lost on them what their opposition is going to look like the path to try to win a stanley cup is getting more difficult so like i don't I, so i guess i'm talking about both ends sides of my mouth like no i don't think they're getting influenced. influence but i mean they're
2: human but they, they they know the information and they're reacting to the landscape in front of them. so so maybe the question wasn't quite the right question ryan oh I, sorry
0: I think- Sorry, no, no, do you I want to do my job, Pierre?
2: No, no, but but I think I think what's more <laughs> yes, interesting I, I, do. Is, is how do you manage up at this time of year with ownership if you're a GM?
0: Right. Good point by you, Pierre. You should think <laughs> about I, hosting. I think
2: there are a few owners out there that absolutely uh, bring yeah. down the heat, get them more oh, emotionally yeah. involved. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, right. yes.
0: I mean, listen. Uh, like, are you kidding? Me? Like, Daryl Cates in Edmonton. I mean, McDavid and Drysaddle in this market and everything. Of course, Daryl Cates would want to be taking an aggressive approach to this deadline. But I'm just They're saying sure that, that's Why the real
2: factor. That's yeah. a huge factor. Is, is is how? What's your managing up situation as yeah. a GM? And and you know, yeah.
0: Good point. I should, say, that, no, that, I should have sometimes asked that here. I should have asked that. That would have been be a better question. question.
2: You're, you're yeah. crazy. I'm not doing that. You got to <laughs> be able to. Tell your owner, no, this is why you hired me, Ron. We're not doing that. Yeah. And right. those are tough conversations.
0: I think he's bitter because I brought James into host last week, Johnny. Mm-hmm. And Pierre sent me a note. He was like, well, I guess, yeah, I, okay. guess, I guess I'm okay with that. Like, uh,
1: I was bitter too. Like I can host this you show. You were I actually. I about.
0: asked you and you were like, no, no, okay, listen. I can
1: I I I do it all. No problem.
0: Well, now I got to oh. figure out which of the two of you gets to host the next one that I can't be here at. I can't have this info. MJ. That's MJ how we do sure.
1: it. We're co-hosts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, All right let's let's keep the match game going, Pierre, because I got an answer for Tyler Bertuzzi. What do you got? Oh.
0: I'm just going to go for breakfast. What do you got, Pierre? Tyler Bertuzzi.
1: Okay, you're thinking about it. Winnipeg Jets. Oh, I like that. Well, that's why I said it, because the Winnipeg Jets have the, you know, they're right there. They could use help depth on the lineup. They brought in rider to bring in some spice, but Bertuzzi brings even a spicier uh, cayenne pepper to his game. I think Detroit's willing to sell on him. They, Steve Eisman would not have liked the last two nights in Ottawa at all. Maybe an indication that they're not quite there. Winnipeg, Bertuzzi could be a nice fit. And they can afford him.
2: I will go Vegas.
1: Okay, fair enough. Everyone's you going know. to Vegas, according to you.
2: Got it. Well, <laughs> if they don't get JBR, I think Bertuzzi's a, well, yeah. a higher well, the
1: Every winger could go to Vegas then. You got to pick one yeah. or the other. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, listen, since we're on the winger train. Yep. We'll go one more. Brock Besser in Vancouver is fascinating to me. He has some term. I'll left. be
0: back in a minute, guys. You just yeah, you're doing you great, you guys. <laughs> just keep it up. I'll be back. Okay, just Johnny, you're doing good. I I got something I gotta take care of. With the term left, Pierre,
1: you <laughs> know they're trying to move money out of air. Vancouver. Could a return to the Minnesota? Could Pittsburgh be in the mix there? What's the likelihood of him? Where could he possibly go, if at yeah. all?
2: I don't think Minnesota, after they acquired uh, uh, Johansson and yeah. Iquist, I know when Iquist is injured, but I think that closes the door there. I, and listen, <laughs> my, my sense is that Pittsburgh and Vancouver have had trade discussions over the last couple of days. I, I can't figure out whether it's about Besser or, or JT Miller at this point. I honestly don't know. But mm. the Penguins and the Canucks have engaged. Now, whether that leads to something, I don't know. But what
1: about a Besser for like a Marcus Pedersen numbers Mm. don't quite wash out, but you know, you're taking some money away from a forward group that has too much of it and applying it to a defensive group for a decent defensive defenseman, something like that.
2: I I, got to tell you something. I, I think it is so hard to move money. Yeah. That the Canucks might have to attach an asset to Besser in a deal. Yeah. And that's not – I think Brock Bester is a good hockey player. I just think the rest of that deal scares a lot of teams in this environment. I, I would not be surprised if he's dealt that there's an asset attached to being able to move him.
1: Hmm. All right. A couple more real quick. Joel Edmondson, he's not getting traded. We don't need to talk about him. He's not yeah. playing for Montreal. He's still not right. He, if he would have played, he probably would have been a commodity. I don't think he's going anywhere, and he's not going to be one of those injured guys who get traded just in case. Yeah. Last guy for you, Ryan, since you're playing the game now. Yeah. Where's Lars Eller going? Welcome. I'd like to hear your thoughts on Lars Eller as our last matchmaker of the day.
0: <laughs> Lars Eller. <laughs> I got one.
2: Okay, go ahead, Pierre. You got a good one. Let it fly. Okay. We don't wait here. Yep. Have about her. Give me, uh, and again, this is just uh, me playing matchmaker, not based on info, but yep. I'm going to go Colorado Avalanche. Oh. I thought about that long and hard. Yeah. No. I don't, Was he skate well enough out there? Because that
1: means your them. second line center. It's a great. Yeah. I thought about that too. Pierre as the first instinct. I'm not sure though if the fit is right there. But I, I hear what you're saying. Shoggy, Carolina. I give you
2: Carolina. They're not. They're not big on rentals unless it's a medium price. So that's mm-hmm. possible. Right. I, I mean, think back to last year. Carolina at like 2:59 Eastern picked up Max Domi literally mm-hmm. for nothing. Yeah. If you think right. you remember the deal? Uh, so and by the way, Max told me of interest to Carolina again, I think, uh, hmm. this time around. So
1: good stuff. Okay, Johnny, that's it for the it? match game. Play the closing music, please. <laughs> right, well done, well. Pierre and Mike Ryan. Thanks for participating.
0: Yeah, thanks, Johnny. <laughs> uh, you earned your money today, bud. Mm. Much appreciated. Uh, hopefully, all of this stands by like 12 o'clock Eastern time. We don't have to just completely redo it. Uh, good Although job, we don't you know boys. it.
2: Don't you no. worry about yeah. that.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> we just got. Yeah. it. Be too busy for that. Well, we'll try and check in post trade trade deadline if we can. Pierre, get back to your phone. Um, hey, might I suggest some melatonin tonight? Calms you, <laughs> settles the dreams down. I find takes away the nightmares.
2: Two nights left. Bottle of red also can be effective in many of those same pursuits. (laughs) Not till Friday night, MJ. Not till Friday night.
0: All right. Happy hunting, Pierre. MJ, great job today. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate it here on Got Your Back. Big thanks to our sponsors as well. Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals, uh, Liberty Smart Security, and of course, our new sponsors, thrilled to have Kuma Outdoor Gear on board as well. We'll check in again soon. Enjoy the rest of your day. Can't be nearly as crazy as Tuesday was, but... I guess you never know. It's going to be fun. Enjoy Trade Deadline.